It is no secret that the travel industry has undergone some major changes in the past few years. And even though it is back and booming, so much of why and how we travel has changed. Welcome to Travel Redefined. I'm Sarah Dandeshi and I'm your host, and I'm excited to talk to thought leaders in the hospitality and travel space for insight on the future of travel. Welcome back to another episode of Travel Redefined. Uh, excited because I happen to have a guest here that um, she joined me last year and she happens to be in town. I'm in the middle of moving. So in case you guys happen to come across this video, you will definitely tell that we have been moving. Um, and if it's a little bit of an echo, please forgive that as well too. But uh, without further ado, today's guest is my mother. Mom, welcome to the show. So good to be here. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, this is great. Um, so last year, you know, for those that have been following me for some time, we did this really fun segment called Millennial versus Baby Boomer. But uh, she has not had a chance to be on this particular show. And with the topic being and the name of the show being Travel Redefined, I figured that this would actually be a really interesting conversation just because, you know, I've certainly been traveling for um, since the 80s. She's been traveling since the early 60s. And so um, we definitely have different perspectives as far as like how travel has changed, how it's changed in the longer scheme of things, how it's changed more recently. So um, again, doing something a little bit different, but I figure it's always fun to have mom on the show. So mom, first of all, thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> really happy. <laughs> okay. Um, no, it's it's so cool. So let's talk about how travel has changed. You know, um, what has changed for you maybe in the way that people have traveled, maybe since you were a kid, to what you're seeing now, just in general? I came from the days that the airline hostesses were dressed to the nines and the whole family was able to to uh, escort you onto the plane. Every child received a little pin from the oh, captain. Wow. Wings. Okay. So it was this personal touch that everybody felt very valued. Mm -hmm. Now, it, you know, you're one of the numbers. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting point. So, I mean, even when we talk about what people wear when they travel, you know, that was actually the first, as I'm asking you that question, I was thinking like, wow, how people used to get dressed up and now how people, I mean... I, myself included, yoga pants, sweatshirt, as comfortable as possible. And even if you're looking in first class or business class, that's also how people are dressed, you know? That's true. Uh, so certainly that, I mean, it was, it was very much an experience before. Right. Old school was that you dressed up mm -hmm. to travel. Yeah. And you really presented yourself at your, at your best. I mean, certainly not evening wear, but um, very professional, very nice, nice, well put together outfit so uh, i and okay so physical appearance aside and even like the the big fuss as far as like uh, presentation when it comes to travel aside from that um how has tra how have you seen travel change over the over the decades as far as like what people did when they traveled before like w were people really just looking for you know casual to just like unplug rewind and relax uh were they going for the local authentic experience not so much what what did you see well it was always something special so you were yeah. traveling with people that were either on vacation or on business but something out of the ordinary so now it seems to be a very normal 
mode of transportation. Mm. It's not quite so special for everybody. It's a way to get get places. Whereas before, the actual event of traveling, flying on an airplane was something exciting in itself. Yeah. So, so I know I love that. And then a step further and in the actual destination, that's my question. In the actual destination, like, you know, cause like right now when it comes to travel, everybody's like, okay, what's the most like authentic local thing that you can do? I don't want to do the touristy things. Whereas I feel like back then, because maybe not as many people were traveling, did they want to do the quote unquote touristy things? They seem to, because this is what everybody wanted to check off their bucket list. Oh yeah. yeah. Good point. So it was very much like bucket list driven or so it seemed. Right. More so. And, and in a, a different highlights, way. Because travel was so unusual, mm-hmm. you definitely put your priority as a number one. That's actually a really interesting. So, and by the way, you know, for those that are tuning in, we are totally doing this off the cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting that you're saying that because it's because travel in essence has become more accessible. It's, I don't want to say it's not that it's not as special, but it's like that's how and why people can, quote unquote, travel deeper, go find those more local things, because they already will get to do the surface level, you know, touristy things and and check those off the list. It's easier to do that, so to speak. The unusual now is what is sought after. It's to make your trip something completely different and so special. So, of course, the, the, the things that are normal that everyone else does are no longer on the list, are no longer something that you really want to do, take Mm -hmm. your time to do. You want to make the meaning and the location, the focus of the journey. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So again, talking about these shifts, and there's a reason why I asked this question, what does five-star service mean to you? It means the ultimate in luxury. It means that you travel with a seamless passage through everything uh, with every amenity available to you and totally enjoyable, super easy, and makes the trip as special as you feel and makes you feel completely on vacation. So five-star service is really about ease and, and simplicity of the, of the trip. Correct. Yeah. And having those special touches that you don't have every day at home. Like what? Room service. <laughs> okay. I can there get with, there's one. I could get with room service. Right. No, that's always great. I could so um do you think you mentioned luxury, and this has been a topic that's been talked that that you know we've had um other individuals chime in on. Uh do you feel that luxury service has changed over the years? Yes, it's now become much more difficult to attain. Okay, okay. whereas before you traveled, you were given meals, very nice meals. And the presentation as well was something quite a bit different that now what you have, you're, you were offered snacks that you have to purchase, you know, which is something, again, a little bit difficult when you're trying to travel and keep everything. Well, what about in hotels? In hotels? Again, it's something uh, you have to get into the higher level suites and a different level of service than what you had normally basically in your everyday traveling because it was special. So, oh, so to, to reiterate, so as far as how luxury travel has changed in hotels, it's, you're basically saying it's harder. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. 
harder. I mean, as we all know, certainly travels become more expensive. That's definitely, definitely a thing. But I, I think what you might be trying to say, and you can correct me if I'm incorrect, it's harder probably because the travel consumer wants something a little bit different. They are probably more particular. Uh, they've probably traveled and experienced many different levels of luxury. So the bar is high, set quite high. The bar is set very high. Um, have you found a difference in luxury travel uh, internationally versus uh, within the U.S.? It's a little bit more upscale internationally. Yeah. There still is the old school, traditional, very, a little bit more formal. Yeah. And uh, you're treated with, according, with a little bit of dignity. Whereas in the States, it's, yes, you get more for what you want, but the dignity is very rare. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I get that. Um, and it's, it's interesting because that even gets me thinking. Um, it's when it comes to the employee side or like the service side of things, I, I feel that because of the way the hospitality industry in general is presented overseas, uh, these working in hospitality is more of a profession. Whereas I feel in the United States, it's kind of like that side job, whether it's something that you need to, that you're doing to earn extra cash, whether you're doing it while you're going to school, whether it's a stepping stone. And so I think because, and not all the time, but, but many to oftentimes. And so I feel that because you might have some people look at it almost like it's a stepping stone, it might be a little bit different. Do you yes, I feel that completely. One thing may be that in the States, there's a lot of mobility in jobs. Mm -hmm. Europe, it's more or less you get a profession and that's where you stay. Okay. So in that, you polish yourself within that position, mm -hmm. profession to be the best that you can be. And you've started from that because you're not aiming for the top office job mm -hmm. later on. It's what you are now and you do the best you can. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, that turns into a whole other cultural discussion, but no, I wanted to hear um, your thoughts on that because that definitely is really interesting. So, okay. Why don't we kind of do this like sort of speed round of millennial versus baby boomer? All right. Are you ready for that? I'm up for it, but speed is not my forte. <laughs> you know that. So go ahead. I'll no, go no, 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 no. Okay. Your preferred mode to get to the airport. Taxi. <laughs> Uber or Lyft. Okay, right. perfect. Um, what do you like to wear when you travel? I wear some form of a business suit. I used to do the full thing with a, with a skirt, jacket, and now it's a little bit more, I'll wear something a little bit more comfortable underneath for jeans or something that looks rather dressy, like black jeans, never blue jeans or anything ripped. Always heels, always boots of some sort, closed shoes, and a suit jacket. Well, uh, I am guilty of wearing yoga pants, a sweatshirt, and some comfy shoes. And unless I'm traveling really light and my boots don't fit in my suitcase, then I'll wear my heaviest pairs of shoes. But otherwise, uh, pretty casual is the way I go. Um, okay. Hmm. Your favorite airline snack. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Chocolate chip cookies. Warm. You... Oh, the warm chocolate chip cookie. Yes. By the way, that's rare. That does not happen on many flights. No, it doesn't. We were on a flight Shall together. I share? Yes, go ahead. Well, it comes in with Delta. Delta usually on their international flights on the way home or the way over, just before 
closing, you get a warm chocolate chip cookie. Okay. Well, there you go. Just before closing. Just before landing. In landing. Just before landing. Okay. Um, wow. Well, I mean, I go a little bit healthier. I like to go like with the pistachios if I can. Oh, that's nice. It's a little fancy. But what can we say? Um, ooh, another millennial versus baby boomer. Um, how old were you when you got a passport? 17. I was three weeks old? Three weeks old. <laughs> I was three weeks old. <laughs> Your first international trip? 17. Oh, oh, I should have. Destination. Destination, Germany. Germany. Mm -hmm. First international trip was Germany. My first international trip was Saudi Arabia. I know. Everybody's jealous. <laughs> Story for another time. And I was with her. And I've got a question. Okay. How about throwing it back? Okay. How much luggage do you travel with? Okay. So that's interesting. Um, so I will say this. <laughs> um, so I have, uh, this is my number one rule that I have when it comes to traveling with luggage. Take what you can carry. Okay. Um, I will not say carry on only because I don't believe in carry on only. There are sometimes there are some trips that you have to have more luggage. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so ridiculous when some people are like, I only travel carry on. I'm like, well, that's good for you. But Sorry, that didn't work for me for this trip. I'm gone for three weeks, whatever it is. Um, so I say take what you can carry, be it carry on for shorter trips or just one additional bag, um, you know, larger bag if it's a longer trip. I used to travel with two large suitcases with at least a change of clothes or something fresh in your handbag, but also with a concern for the fact that if you have to run through a very long or large airport, I could still keep up and carry everything with me in hand. So that means everything's on wheels, everything's easy to carry. <laughs> but I have learned to consolidate a little bit and try and travel with one suitcase and keep everything a little bit more simple, color coordinated, and not 25 outfits for the mm. next 10 days. Mm, there we go. So speaking of, the best travel tip you have ever, that you've picked up along, your, along the way? Travel lighter. <laughs> travel lighter. Okay, perfect. You actually kind of mentioned my favorite travel tip that I think a lot of people don't, um, they underestimate. Always have an extra outfit, uh, be it underwear, toiletries, whatever you can in your carry-on. Um, this way, should anything happen to your checked bag, as it can happen, um, you actually are good to go for an additional day. And medication. Well, yes, medications. You would like to think if you if you need medications, you probably keep them pretty close to you. But I say that because last year when we went to Antarctica, we flew all the way down. And doesn't matter about the details of the story, but basically uh, we weren't able to get our checked luggage for an additional day. COVID delays. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So uh, what happened? What happened? We you didn't have any clothing and right, I and did. did right. Okay. So that's the whole point <laughs> of that. So that's my favorite travel tip is mm -hmm. definitely go ahead and, um, and have that extra bit of clothing in there. Hmm. Do you have another question for me? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> wow, she doesn't really want to talk to me, does she? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do. I'm kidding. No, this is, um, it's, it's always really interesting to see. Um, so for myself, so I obviously did a lot of asking the questions for you, millennial versus baby boomer, as far as how travel has changed. Um, I can, I have very, very vague memories of people smoking on planes. and But I do, one of my first travel memories, and I remember being with you, and I don't even know if you remember this, but 
maybe I was like five or six and I was sitting on a plane and I remember looking at you and specifically saying, I could live on a plane. Do people live on planes? (laughs) I don't know if you remember that, but I I mean, this was obviously before really understanding the concept of like a flight attendant or anything like that, but I always thoroughly enjoyed it. And so it is interesting. Um, Actually this, uh, let's talk about, we talked about how travel's kind of changed since you first started traveling as a kid um, or young adult versus now. In the past two years, we talk about this notion of travel being redefined. How has it been redefined, do you think, in the past two and a half years? Much more security, much more caution, much more uh, attention to cleanliness. Sure. And in the past, let's say, 20 years, definitely security. Before, I can remember traveling with my sister from different locations and being in, she's a violinist, concert violinist, and always travels with her violin with her in, you know, as a carry-on. Being invited in to serenade the pilots while they were flying. No way. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, as her seat passenger, was invited in as well. Now, how could you imagine this happening, you know, since Wait, the last one. before takeoff? Bef- no, during, during the flight? flight. Oh my gosh. All right, we're okay. flying over Greece and seeing, you know, recognizing Athens and the islands and everything. Wow. I, I, I'm sitting there playing classical music for the pilots. Oh my gosh. No, what's so crazy about that story is that I was going to say, I remember um, doing. Um, a scavenger hunt in the Atlanta airport when I was a young teenager. And I thought that, I mean, understanding the, how security has changed and you're talking about being in the cockpit while my aunt is playing a violin. My. During flight. During a flight. Yes. Wow. How times have changed. Yes, they have. They definitely have. Well, for me, um, you know, uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about as as far as how travel has changed or redefined. And by the way, again, when we're talking about travel and we're talking about, uh, you know, it's not just the flight experience. It's also the destination. It's also the hotel experience. And easily in the past two years, um, it's changed a lot because uh, people are seeking... You know, we we talked at the beginning of this about how travel has become more accessible. And I think it's been a reminder about how much we really need it and enjoy it. And it is part of how we live now. You know, it's if you want to see extended family members, that's how you see them. Like you couldn't, you know, before maybe many, many, many decades ago, like people weren't as spread out as they are now. So um, it's... I, I think where it became more accessible, it became like more of like a random commodity. It was just like whatever. Well, before you would drive everywhere, even yeah. if it was to Texas. You went to you went from uh, New York to Texas driving. Yeah, because that's true. Family members are there. You want to take your things, and you had maybe a little bit more time to be able to do yeah. it. That kind of flexibility. Now everything is so time sensitive. Yeah, sensitive. Agree. You must take a flight in order to be able to enjoy your time at the other end because you've got work schedules, family obligations, the whole thing. Yeah. Well, no, that's a really interesting point just because I think the time aspect is huge. We don't have time. 
I mean, that's why everybody's all up in arms if like a flight gets delayed or this or that, because they were planning to get off the plane, roll right off and go straight to their meeting or the wedding reception or whatever they happen to be traveling mm -hmm. for. So um, that is correct. We are, we do have far less time at our hands in, in general. So um, that's certainly been a big focus. Well, that being said, I didn't want this to be too long of an episode just because we are pretty casual. Um, but do you have any final remarks or anything that you want to say in regards to, you know, changes that you've kind of witnessed or, or, or maybe for the better, how things have changed for the better? I think they've changed for the better in a way that everything now is accessible to a large number of people so that there's no wish you can, you can have that can't be fulfilled. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, accessibility is huge when it comes to the travel industry. And I think that that's a, that's a good point to end on. Um, in that I know that all too often we're focused on what isn't going right or what this isn't enough or that isn't enough. But at the end of the day, it's, it is more accessibility. You, there are different modes of transportation. There are different tiers or, or, you know, for whatever price point you have, or, or it might be whether it's limited to, or you're trying to stay within whatever budget or range, um, there are travel options for you, uh, not only getting there to that destination, but then also once you are in that destination as well too. And I think that's the biggest thing in that just in general accessibility uh, for all. You as a traveler now are in the driver's seat. You can use your creativity, your imagination to create your own trip and your destination, your of choice, yeah. and make it yours. Your travel, it. travel destiny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, with that being said, um, thank you, mom, for joining oh, it's me. It's been my pleasure. This was pleasure a lot of with you fun. <laughs> this is so cool. So um, thank you guys for tuning in. Next week, we will be, um, we'll have a couple of new guests on the show, back to our regularly scheduled programming, but I couldn't have my mom in town and not take full advantage of having her on the show. So thank you for including me. <laughs> thank you for joining me today on Travel Redefined. Thanks, Thanks everybody for tuning in. Well, there you have it. Thank you for tuning in to Travel Redefined. Hopefully you've taken away something from this week's guests and that you too are excited to see how travel is evolving. Don't forget to leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode and subscribe so that you won't miss out on the amazing conversations to come. And until next time, keep on traveling. <laughs>